the hard yards brought to you by Sports Joe. It's gone to the short side. Oh, it's not gone to the short side. It's gone to the trailer. I don't think we met before, but I'm the referee on this field, not you. Hi, Rob. Zeeb's here. Just want to discuss the captaincy next. He's calling. <laughs> Ring Rose comes through. Oh, that is brilliant from Ring Rose. Ring Rose is going here. What a score. Welcome to the Hard Yards and happy Christmas to all our listeners. I'm Andy McGeady and I'm joined in studio by James Downey. Andy, how are you? I'm well. And Kevin McLaughlin. Hey Grinch, how are things? Thanks very much. I'm, it's possible I'm not wearing the mandatory Christmas jumper today. It's alright, you just got to check your emails and... We talked about it last week. <laughs> so if you're not into it, you're not into it. That's fine. Mm. We'll you're you're just, I reckon you're good because it's the first time on the show you've been out peacocked. Generally, oh. you're the one wearing the flamboyant, you know, orange mm. jumper or whatever. So <laughs> These orange trousers are coming in in early 2018. I'm going to bring them in. They'll be in your stocking, will they? No, 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 no. They'll, they'll be worn. They'll be worn. It's a good look for a podcast. Uh, we'll also have an interview later with the man nicknamed the Llama by Dunning Callahan. Yes, we're talking to Ian Henderson. And this is a very special edition of the Hard Yard. It's not just Christmas. For the first time, we are announcing the very prestigious, much coveted and totally real Hard Yards Rugby Awards. So we'll get to that in a minute. Um, the, we, we were talking about something there. Are we OK to talk about it? I think we are. Are we? Go on. Depends which one it is. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Midweek, Northampton. Oh, yeah. Ringing yeah. any bells? Let, let, let me just come in here because I... Set the uh, scene. So, uh, yeah, I got uh, to know Jimmy when we were on tour in America. Uh, uh, Canada America, we played together. So we the first time me and Jimmy played together was, I was thinking back, it was like Leinster A in Ashburn 2003. And I was like, Jimmy's a bollocks because uh, I was holding a tackle bag. And I apparently was holding it the incorrect way and Jimmy got stuck into me. I was like, Jesus, who the fuck is this guy? But uh, that was my first memory of Jimmy. And then we, the next time we played together was about 10 years later in America uh, for Jimmy's first cap against Canada. And uh, we became like good mates on that tour. And one of the things, uh, Jimmy's a good man. Like I remember after that, that Canada game, we went to the bar. Everyone else would be going to the nightclubs and chilling out. Jimmy would just sit down beside me at the bar here. So we sat down beside each other at the bar and spent probably about three hours just catching up, drinking pints. And he told me about the good old days in Northampton when they used to have these midweek pints. So they train their asses off. They play Saturday, train their asses off. And then meet together. It was a crew of them would meet together midweek. And I was just, I don't know, it stuck with me. It was like proper old school mentality there where yeah. they train hard, play hard, but enjoy themselves too. So it was... Yeah, no, no, it was... Look. <laughs> Some good knowledge. So this, there. I don't this, know. Was this, was this bar talk or was this <laughs> is this a real thing? No, no, no. It was real. It was. Real. It worked out well. You see, with the schedule we had. So on a mo- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, it was kind of your Monday was kind of bit of recovery, bit of training. Tuesday was tough day, double session. Then Wednesday was kind of half day, finished at twelve o'clock. So uh, you'd be off Thursday, team run Friday, play Saturday. Right, kind of. All right. Well, what are we going to do? Like so, twelve o'clock. A few lads used to go down to one of the local establishments and just have a couple of quiet like it wasn't anything major now the odd, like hey, once or twice if you had if, rules didn't you on the cut off yeah yeah so you'd normally have like three or four points and you'd be done like um, but <laughs> but yeah now once or twice now once I remember jeez we, oh, we had one long day there um, sorry not to be promoting this or anything but like it was no it you was, were just you were just supporting local business yeah yeah exactly. we're also going back a long time yeah exactly <laughs> look it doesn't happen now Jimmy's um, no spring chick <laughs> he's not 50 it's not that <laughs> I'm still going mate really. um, but no it's what do we do like I remember once uh, Paul Grayson walked in we'd finished at 12 and we said alright we'll get, see in the pub for half 12 year grand we get a bit of food there as well it was actually I don't know I, won't, I don't know if I should promote the brand or, or it wasn't even a pub but it was a restaurant slash um, so we used to get a discount on the food there so we're getting food as well you know um, it's quite smart of us I thought but um, <laughs> in there a few drinks and then all of a sudden like like family started to come in <laughs> and we were like okay it's, what time is it it's like 7 o'clock like Paul Grayson walked in there's a table full of uh, empty glasses and we're like oh shit <laughs> Paul <laughs> sorry lads they were like we're going 
not not and said though like it was look it was it was good crack at the time yeah. I'm sure that you had plenty of sessions like that in Leinster uh, <laughs> well I'm sure for you it was like whoever you and the crew were once you backed it up on Saturdays like it actually the coaches wouldn't question it like and the same thing like in Leinster it's not I wouldn't there was no midweek points crew there but like lads could do whatever they wanted like mm. as long as you trained well and you played well it's up to you how you manage yourself like as soon as you have this school teacher mentality of the coach like having to chase the lads around to make sure they're not drinking and making sure they're eating right you have the wrong culture anyway but like Northampton had a culture where they could you know the lads knew what they had to do to perform at the weekend and maybe that was getting highly hydrated on a Wednesday <laughs> as part of that but it also it also look things are a lot easier to say when you're winning matches and mm. like you're, as you say you're performing if you're not performing then people dissect what's going on and look it wasn't as if okay it was a lot of weeks but it wasn't as if every week but it was look it, it bonded us together to be honest like it was a team like you're talking about a team who you'll have uh, two lads from the local area yeah, it's yeah. not as if we're talking to Leinster who 90% of the team are from Dublin and mm-hmm. they all know like it's lads your mates are the lads yeah. of the team and that's how you build that culture and that was you look at Exeter they do it as well you only have a couple of players from Exeter there now mm. And you, that's like some of the bonding that needs to be done. Saracens do their big, expensive trips, but yeah. it's the same principle. Completely, they fly over to Oktoberfest over and back, and yeah. you know, and it's not always like there's different things to do. But yeah, look, it's. Are we doing anything as a Harrods podcast? I, I, I don't know. I Jimmy don't know. just asked about the Christmas party, and there was yeah. Stonewall silence in yeah. here, so we're all yeah. looking at Alan, the producer uh, here, wondering what's going on. Bullets here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was was Jim Mallander coach? <laughs> Jim Mallander was there. Were you there? So yeah. it was Jim. It was Dorian West. Was and Paul Grayson. Paul Grayson. Yeah. So like they're all relatively old school as well. But that's it. They had a different look. The mindset of they weren't long finished playing um, look I've had I've had a flip side of uh, where Gregor Townsend's been coaching he's been the complete opposite like you know and he's just finished playing and he said look right blank a ban up in Glasgow on uh, no drink wasn't a fan of it that's fine you actually fine. put a ban there uh, yes no Christmas parties no nights out like I said no you're not out not out like I used to um, be quite intelligent about how we do you know when you go away and you play in Italy for example and then um Evan to be thinking of the night out maybe after you know and uh, again going back years and um, he'd just be or he'd have a session then first thing at like 8 in the morning a video review and you'd be like before you fly and just curtails it like you know and look it's for me it's about like you've, you've choices like it's mm. You, can, you don't have to go out but a lot of time players are wrecked anyway you'd have a couple of drinks you go to bed whatever like you know not everyone did but look an options there you're, you're that, on that early review having that in your sort of exactly yeah. like yeah it's just like oh it's not worth it like you yeah. know and I'm a big believer in the you can't stop people from having a few drinks yeah. but what you can do is you can reward performance and then you can punish poor performance and if lads are drinking and it's impairing their performance then they're going to get dropped <laughs> And if you create a culture where everyone knows that, well, mm. then people will do what they need to do. And like some people need to let a bit of steam off every now and again. Uh, uh, it's also self police too. <coughs> like you know, the coaches don't need to step in. Like if, I think if you you've got to, the right people in the correct, group. yeah, exactly. he'll go here. Look, look, big like, but also big get like you'll have huge games and you go like you don't even think about it. Nothing mm. needs to be said. You know, yeah, yeah something yeah. on. So, so you mentioned Christmas parties, right? So it's mm. Christmas party season now for various teams, Irish teams have a lot to celebrate that's two sweeps in a row in the back-to-backs that, that we were talking about it it's like that that's that doesn't happen yeah I don't I, I was pretty disappointed that you didn't have the stats for me Andy this morning but I'm pretty yeah. sure that has never happened um, and like backing it up is so hard I think I spoke about that a couple of weeks ago when, yeah. when Jerry was on the show is after you win there's an even bigger target in your back and like the natural thing for anyone to do and any team to do is to get a bit more complacent the following week mm. you're playing the same team who you've just beaten so how do you get up, up for it again so so is, so I'm going to go straight into the Leinster match is, yeah. is that what we saw in the first half particularly the first yeah, half an hour absolutely because it was it was in the stadium it just looked as if an extraordinary amount of things were just going wrong yeah, but like Exeter had the shit kicked out of them all week by the press. Yeah. They lost at home for the first time in 12 months. They were hurting. And Leinster were getting told by everyone they were great. And no matter how hard Leo and Lancaster come down on them, they're still got their uh, chest puffed out and they're still thinking we already did a job on these guys in, in Sandy Park so we can do it again. And like what was so impressive about that Leinster performance is that they managed to come back into it. And I think the defining moment in the entire game was just before half time when they decided to play rather than kick it out when they're down to 14 men and got three points Mm. and that just 
if that began to swung the momentum in their in their favour and they never ever turned back in the second half. Yeah, I point I point to a second one in this in the second half where they it was set up to basically just let, let's clear the ball, let's exit from the twenty two, and instead suddenly they went wide left. Yeah out of nowhere and you're sort of going hold on this team is playing so badly how are they doing that and it seemed to to give them a spark something yeah. now maybe that, that that had already been kicked into them at half time or whatever but like you say before that just getting three and three and three yeah, and yeah. three oh, what's very promising though for for Leinster fans is that they would not have won that game last year not a hope you there's think? guys without Johnny on the pitch so there's guys yeah. that have stepped up that learned from last year that Claremont game hurt last year mm. There's young guys like Dan Levy, Josh, um, Luke McGrath, who've now played in a, in a pressure cooker situation and know how to step up in those games. And that's crucial, isn't it? Like <coughs> to have that squad. And you're talking further down the line in the later rounds. You have these, if you are missing someone, like everyone puts their arms up and goes, right, where are we looking? Who do we need? Who's going to yeah. come in here to, to do it? Now it's like, well, we don't need to do it. Oh, Johnny's gone. Yeah, fine, whatever. Exactly. You know, next. And you get on with it as opposed to, oh, shit, what are we at here now? Yeah. You know, and. I'm very impressed. He's very, very, very impressed with them. Thought they were bloody good. Like to, as you say, it's the hardest thing to double up, um, especially I, I think playing an English side physic- physicality. Um, it's going to take an awful lot, a lot out of you. As you say, lads are going to talk about um, how good you are, patting you on the back, and no matter what they say, don't read this, don't believe this. Like lads do, and they'll go, oh yeah, you, you know, chest is out and brought down to it in the start, but to turn it around into just have that composure like yeah it's it's actually impossible not to have that little bit of complacency but like Exeter are such a good side mm-hmm. like you can't forget that um they don't really lose very often to lose twice in a row um but I love watching Exeter play I love like them against Leinster was the perfect matchup for me two teams that work hard play decent rugby um, real honest players, all of them like getting stuck in, unbelievably physical. I thought it was two cracking games. Well, the physicality was, I mean, geez, there were some monster, <coughs> monster contacts. Like, there was a lot of very, very heavy hits in those two games. Oh. Um, and, you know, we're going to be seeing some different players playing, let's say, in the Inch Pros now. Oh, completely. I, I think, like, wrapped in cotton wool from the first, after the first week, I'd say they, yeah. did they even go out into the pitch the second week before yeah. that like yeah. I wouldn't I would have said nah your ground I'd be recovered the day before and go yeah. out same again please you're actually you know? looking at that going a six day turnaround isn't fair after a game like that and mm. I think the game's heading that way they like it's getting so gladiatorial mm. and there's so many contacts in games that you're looking at it going you can't like whatever about five days five days should be gone altogether but like a six day turnaround for a game of that magnitude is actually well Keen Healy's getting a bit of a break <laughs> as, of, as of yesterday uh, so three weeks two weeks plus plus one um, because he's been a little bit naughty recently and then no, no mitigation so he was obviously lucky in the game not to get red uh, in, uh, hands up in the stadium at the time it was not abundantly clear I was a long way from a big screen mm. so I'll hold my hands up uh, and I couldn't hear what was going on on the on the ref mic um, over TV it seemed very clear that this boy was very very lucky not to get red yeah and I think f- also from a personal point of view for him just when he's ahead of uh, Jack McGrath now the door's open again for him to step back I'm sure he's been extremely frustrated now he's going to have a run of games in the Christmas period Mm. playing against Irish provinces perfect in front of Joe or whatever and Mm. coming into February like you know it's back in his court again yeah Yeah. it was a tough one like I think I think the important factor here was that um, was it Cowan Dickey I think I think he was the guy who took the the clean out. Mm. Um, didn't go down and didn't feign injury. My concern with all of this now is that referees, there's a tendency for them to ref referee outcomes. Outcome, yeah. They see it all over the place now. Well, in certain, it, it depends on the circumstance. In fairness to them, because in some cases, like where, when a player lands, yeah, it's explicitly outcome based. Whereas in other circumstances, you're right. It's it's where where it's hit. No, uh, it's not. When I'm talking about outcome, I'm talking about whether the player is injured or not, which oh, okay, actually right. not factor in absolute hundred percent. Players get injured in rugby. Yes. So, but what if a referee is impacted upon by a player rolling around on the ground yeah. like they are in soccer? Hmm. I'm very worried for the game of rugby because yeah. uh, I'll go back to the CJ Slander example in South Africa. We got the red card. The only reason he got a red card is because I think it was Pat Lambie was rolling around the ground and had to be carried off. Like there's no way it's maybe yellow if Pat Lambie jumps back to his mm. feet, um, and there's so many examples like that now. Do you think there was a factor, uh, sort of in in the human side of the referee says, "Oh, there's a guy badly hurt. 
therefore I have to equalise this is that what you're yeah it's that like I, I, I think I think it's really hard for referees but I think they can't be impacted on whether there's an injury or not they need to be their decision needs to be solely on the action hmm. rather than the, the outcome the yeah, injury yeah. outcome but you know you see someone riding on the ground and they're going to have a look they're going to look to their touchy and kind of say yeah. what's going on there you exactly. know exactly yeah. well, if, if he does pop up you keep playing your natural reaction is it encourages bad behaviour yeah. Yeah, and you don't want that. No, it does. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you're you thinking, it like, in. it's a game changer. Yellow versus the red is a game changer. Mm. And if you're thinking, if I act injured here, the player's going to get a red versus the yellow. It's, it's, a, it's a slightly worrying potential mm. progression. But, but to be clear, we didn't see that in the Healy incident. No. Healy just, there's an arm up, charged into nah. it. And that, that said everything about it. that entire contest. 160 yeah. minutes of good, honest, hard play. And I yeah. think Keane maybe got a little bit over the top with his physicality but like yeah. I don't think he did in with malice either you know so well more brain cramp <laughs> <laughs> right let, let, so let's move let's move on so we move on to Munster's win uh, fine win and then there were a couple of incidents in that game as well so firstly the good stuff Munster back to back went over to Leicester Leicester were actually favourites for that game which a lot of people including me were surprised by um, but Munster put them right on that front yeah um, impressive performance um, I thought Leicester actually didn't help themselves they had a, a lot of brain cramps as you, you call it <laughs> Mr. Mr. Cole initially had I think five in the first half I think it was just absolutely ridiculous penalties who killed themselves really mm. uh, Munster were very smart in how they played the ref just frustrated Leicester did what they do what Leicester normally do like you know and uh, ground them down and uh, Keats played very well again controller Conor Murray again your usual big player stepped up and uh, Peter Mahoney again another big game uh, again you know you would have seen ex- exactly what Kevin said about Exeter they would have been hammered in the papers they were hammered in the papers back in Leicester you expect a reaction in front of the Welford Road crowd uh, and I just think that the homework that they did in the referee seemed to come to fruition there and but the ill discipline was like you could even see I've never seen Jordy Murphy uh, Jordan Murphy uh, he was interviewed in the sideline of the pitch and he complained about the referee in the middle of the game and normally you wait till after he goes I don't know what's going on with the referee you know it's hmm. everything's gone against us it's not you know it's some of them yeah I can give them one or S- two some rare honesty in an in-game interview yeah exactly but it was quite refreshing actually rather yeah. than a couple of sound bites and yeah but uh, like for me that's shown weakness you should never be blaming an external factor during the game yeah like if I was a Munster fan here and that during the game I'd be absolutely licking my lips oh you have to <laughs> already looking for excuses yeah. Like, yeah yeah because yeah. like you know what I mean you can't control the referee like yeah and I don't know I actually didn't see the game but what like in terms of discipline like were most of the penalties warranted um, yeah a lot of them were, but they were like silly penalties you know not as it like not rolling away and just kind of like yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Coles coming in from the side and stuff that the referee was really hot on yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and if you'd done your homework on the referee you yeah. would have said right he's hot on uh, like not release and stuff like that and they were doing it co- consistently and Munster was like right getting them out of trouble but also keeping that scoreboard taken over I think that's a good point because what you're talking about you, Kev you said you can't control the referee but you can we all know you can control for them yeah. by preparing for exactly. them and that's maybe what what you're getting at there yeah, the, yeah absolutely not, the homework not being done yeah and I think that's again uh, a big difference in the Irish sides and the English sides so mm-hmm. Irish sides will prepare for a European game a couple of weeks out mm. and English sides will be oh, Premiership okay alright what day oh who've got this week oh mm. European game right and don't think we did bar maybe uh, when we got to a semi-final or final we analysed the referee but up until they used to get files sent through referee these are his hot penalties this is mm. what you can get away with yeah. he doesn't like to be spoken to you can't say this to him you can't say that to him and look it's you play the referee and look you try it and if he if he pings you on it right fair enough you don't do it again but if he lets you away with it you keep going until you push the letter of the law with that referee rugby hasn't changed in that regard but in Lancer we used to get like one of the players normally someone who maybe had given away a lot of penalties recently to actually do the analysis so they'd spend they'd get from our our, uh, video guy uh, Emmett Farrell they'd get uh, maybe the last four games he'd refereed yeah, uh, and actually look through them the penalties given and then present to the whole so squad extra homework extra homework and present to the whole squad Didn't, were you ever that bad boy were you? I was yeah um, but like, I think it's a great way to get the players involved as it well it is good yeah. You know? yeah but just going back to Munster like I think they're they have some like key players in key positions and they have this level of maturity and like someone like Keatley who's been around a long time now it and just what, seems it, so it is, comfortable it's great to see him <clears> flying <throat> 
he's he's having an absolute whirlwind couple of months. He just looks so confident. Yeah, and like the, I think I think a lot of that, or a large portion of it, comes from playing with Conor Murray. I think any ten probably the world would just talk about how much time he gives you. Mm. Um, and the way he takes pressure off tens exactly but like <laughs> you, you look at uh, you don't need to worry about kicking and exiting the whole time when you have yeah. the best nine in the world doing yeah. that he can and concentrate on playmaking and exactly. he's doing that really well and he started he dropped the first couple of balls that went to him and he looked a little bit nervous but then he got str- like straight back into it and he's playing like we spoke to him on the show a couple of weeks ago and yeah that was just before he came in for him I'm just yeah. mentioning that <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. but like he, he plays with, he plays with a smile on his face and you see it and, and he dropped the ball and it kind of zoomed in on him and normally you'd see like the head down something he's just kind of like went yeah sorry about that and kind of smiling going right there's a mistake right done move on yeah Yeah. move on park it and go again and he's 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 confident look it's amazing what confidence does it's amazing what 12 months does in the game as well you know and and a run as first choice completely yeah Yeah. now go back to discipline so we talked about some silly penalties Um, Manu Tuolagi big case big siding case he could have been sided twice to be honest but this one was a, a, a collision where, for anyone that hasn't seen it, uh, there is Chris Clota, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, has picked up the ball, he's, he's got up, he's not a tall man, but Tuolagi comes in and the shoulder hits the jaw, um, or at least the side of the head of Clota. And that's, that was picked up by the siding commissioner. The siding commissioner recommended the, uh, that he have a hearing to face. Um, when the hearing came along, it was dismissed, but it was a yellow card incident. So, what do did we he get think a yellow card in the game? No, 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 he didn't. No. For me, it's perfect tackle. Really? So, I've looked at it in real time several times, mm. and it's a perfect tackle. It happens all the time. And my concern with these super slow mo shots is there, like, there'll be no contact allowed in rugby if we slow mo everything, and there'll be no players left on the field. Of course, like, there's going to be st- like. If you look at it, like you say, Chris is kind of standing up as he's getting hit, so his chin is a bit lower than it normally would be. But like, there's no malice; it's a perfectly clean hit. You're going to get slight, uh, slightly higher tackles in certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's been a huge amount of spotlight on this, but you've got to take tackles on their merits. And for me, that's not a high shot. It's not a. It's not a problem. Okay. No. So the, the counter is something we were getting at last week actually yeah. on the show which is the starting contact point of the tackler and trying to reduce the potential bad outcomes Jimmy Yeah um, it goes back to um, your, your technique and goes back to being a kid being taught how to tackle everyone's coming in hitting so high because they see it's all macho now again it's all how big lads are and like kind of like outdo this guy and send him into next week it's not like I don't know why we've gone away from tackling rounds like everyone saw my tackle heights just should be nearly waist like look at focus on waist again mm. focus on legs keeping the legs driving your legs and pushing them together and knocking them back well, I have an issue with that though but I actually think it's I think you're f- you're way more likely to get a, a concussion and a worse concussion from a hip than you are from a head do you? yeah well like I know as, I, as the tackler I've met your hip a couple of times it wasn't particularly enjoyable Um <laughs> So like the yeah, I genuinely I think this whole hitting high and concussion thing, I actually don't think there's a strong correlation. Okay. Like. So here's I'm going to drop something in here, which is that when so firstly the Tuilagi this would not have been picked up as a sighting pre January of this year. Okay, so that's when the sanctions changed. The laws didn't change, but the sanctions changed, and the way they were being interpreted as to the the player, the tackling player's responsibility mm. and what could come up in a sighting case. So once that interpretation came in. If you hit a head as part of the tackle, you're open, right? For for better or worse, that's the logic behind the mm. sighting. Um, but someone uh, very well placed uh, said to me, as that was being brought in, that they expected to see a short-term increase in HIA incidents due to a head hitting the hip. Mm. Um, Kevin, mm. and what they didn't, that what they weren't getting at was an overall increase. Mm. But they reckon that as players adjusted their tackle height, there'd be players going lower who were used for years, maybe yeah. their entire career, for going chest and chest and up yeah. rather than going that lower hit. So I'm not surprised that that you might perceive something like that. Chest, That's like for the tackler, the chest is a far safer place to go. Yeah, and I know because I spent my entire career tackling at the knees and the hips, and unfortunately, I had to retire due to concussion. Um, so like 
I yeah, I think there's definitely a misconception out there. I think I think that the they're right insofar as if you hit on the chest, you're way more likely to misjudge it. You can and, slide and, up. And a big shoulder on the on the chin or yeah. on the jaw is actually pretty dangerous. Hmm. But <laughs> I think everyone would agree with that. But, but there's also types of tackles. So it's like <coughs> if someone's running straight at you, if there's a side tackle, you're choosing. It's tackle choice as well, I think. Absolutely. Like people in the wrong situations are making the wrong decisions, wrong choices. And hmm. like, you know, a guy running straight at you, what are you going to do? Sometimes you might have to be a speed bump and kind of, you know, soak back and take it, but take his legs. You don't need to like throw your head in or get your head in the wrong side which you see like I see that so much where they tackle they put their head yeah, across the yeah. side the wrong side yeah, in yeah. front of the hip and they're knocked out exactly. and, and they're surprised you're like well well, your technique's horrendous yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. like okay you mightn't do any better like maybe if you get your head around by the ass it, it might take a bit of that Like, and you can't always do that because people like say you're, you could be tackling someone who's 19 stone like Keen Healy he's coming at you hard yeah. and at the very last second he's stepping you yeah. know, and he's explosive and he's quick feet, and a lot of big fellas have that now. So it, it's not an easy thing to to perfect. I think one of the things we do lose sight of, though, and if you're just reading the press, and you know, it's it's a catastrophe from from what you'd read. But like, players are a lot safer today. Players are a lot safer. I think medical teams are looking out for things like that that they mm. weren't a few years ago. I think if anything's let go, the press is all over it like a rash. I think it's a good thing mm. that players have been Between looked after. The, the overall state of the game. We have incidents like this, but... You have overall. people like CJ Stander being dragged off the pitch for a suspected knock to the head, yeah. which like we, you just wouldn't have seen in the game a few years ago. Mm. Not a hope. Yeah. yeah. So I think the, the game is a lot safer than it was a few years ago and we shouldn't lose sight of that. Okay. Um, as I said, there was another incident in the same game which for my money was actually worse. The low dive, no arms, um, but we will move on. Uh, we can't uh, forget about Ulster. Uh, Ulster, they did a good job on Quinns. Uh, we can't spend too much on it because I'm getting the eyes from the producer. Um, and Connacht blitzed Breve. Uh, Healy's wonder catch. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. finish, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Did well. Twinkle oh, toes. Beauty. Reminded me of a young, young Kev McLaughlin. Expect nothing less from a Gonzaga man, so. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an old Jesuit yeah, studio think, today, I think Alan's right. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sherbert's crook. Right. The much coveted and absolutely real hard yards word for 2017. Okay, we've had lots of nominations. Lots of shite talk, to be honest. Um, we've got, where do we want to start? You tell us, Andy. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to start with an easy one. Breakout star for 2017. Are there any names anyone wants to talk about before I announce the winner? Because there, there's, you know. Well, have we agreed on a winner here? Or? I have Andy agreed on a winner. Andy has. <laughs> well, from an Irish perspective, um, a lot of players have stood up. I think Stockdale's been very good. Um, it's good to see Conway back as well. I thought he's had a good year this year. Um impressed with uh, I think Conan again had another year impressed with that Leinster back row Dan Levy seems to be picking up a little bit towards the end of the season a lot of, a lot of good young players as well coming through look it's but who, who in Munster would be the the, the person the most impressed you most in 2017 stepping through Conway in a weird way yeah yeah because he's young, there a while um, Sweetman Sweetman yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Darren's been good Alex Wooten's been alright as well um, there's some Jack O'Donoghue um, he's another good player as well. Mm. Look, there's, there's a couple of young boys just bubbling under, but um, I Stuck, think Stockdale's the winner. Okay, all right, cheers. Done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's That's no arguing with that. You no. can't. I mean, he's come. F- he's come from you know someone, especially coming from Ulster. We had mm. all those wings, mm. um, and again under the wing of Piotr, he's just. Uh, I think the key for these types of things is like is someone who's performing really well for the province you're always questioning can they do it at the top level Correct. and he came in and he just did it answered, <laughs> and it was answered in buckets yeah. yeah he really did so and it was uh, very impressive and he's not just stepping up and just doing a job he's standing out you know exactly yeah. that's impressive from a youngster excellent okay done easy start now next one uh, try of the year any candidates um, I like the I, d- I don't know who I can't remember his name he finished it um 
the Glasgow Leinster when Matsawali ran oh. pretty much she goes the line it was yeah. a Nick Rigg I think it was Nick Rigg actually scored it you were a mate uh, Nico yeah <laughs> he signed on again you yeah, shared a room with Nico in Glasgow did so. you? I did indeed best of mates like. interesting character that fella <laughs> <laughs> very interesting character oh man he is box office uh, yeah, oh, yeah well yeah. <laughs> it's box office for yeah many reasons but like in, in terms of geez, you can win your game and lose your game and like that you know and He's the like single hardest player to tackle I've ever played against. Yeah. He's like a slippery eel. Yeah. A very strong slippery eel. He he cannot get hold of him like. Yeah. I know we did this isn't gonna be great for me now, but we did a <laughs> we did a one to one drill with him and I said, Right, I wanna kinda of work on my my spatial awareness and my defensive stuff so I get close enough to make, make the right choice and right tackle. Yeah. And he had like ten meters, I don't know what I was doing giving him ten meters, so literally it's a, it's a box, a little square. I tr- I pass him the ball and he's like pretty much can either step left or right. Ten times in a row, I did not touch him. Ten <laughs> times, ten times, like fresh air. I said, oh, "Look, I'll hedge a bet. We'll go one way or the other, fifty-fifty." Yeah. And nah, like I just went, "Oh my god!" And actually, nearly retired straight away. Walked him and <laughs> what was that all about? He was just laughing, like he's laughing. And I was like, "Oh my god!" We used to set up playing Glasgow, like I set up our whole defensive game plan around him. How how often does that happen where one player adjusts your entire For game? someone like him who was nine and he touched the ball like every time Glasgow yeah. like every play he touched the ball because the thing with him is he never really died with the ball it was between him and Nakawara I was going to say <laughs> Nakawara Honestly neither of them ever died with the ball so yeah. you were like you're like Nakawara would have three guys hanging out of him and he'd give one of these basketball dunk offloads and uh, you had to you had to set up your defensive plan around them like. yeah what about how childish you were when Nakarao was running at you and yeah. he holds it like that so your initial thought is I'm going to knock the ball out of his hand yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you forget to tackle and you're kind of like jumping up <laughs> and trying to knock the ball and he's still running <coughs> and you're going backwards and then like someone eventually tackles him and you go oh we've just conceded jeez you had a great time with training with these <laughs> lads oh, oh, oh my god <laughs> I, st- I was always on their team <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, we playing, are we playing touch yeah with the lads <laughs> so, so Jimmy's vote is for anything involving Nico well I wouldn't say anything but yeah look he was I think that was a, uh, also there's the Claremont guy Raka I thought uh, oh, yeah. against Aries there the week what yeah. about Shawnee's try yeah Johnny that's, that's my one Shawnee's try the Lions that's the really high special. profile yes. one like yeah. I mean it's hard to look look past that but. yeah the move the circumstances are yeah. comfortable yeah, yeah, giving yeah, that the yeah, nod yeah. Right. start to finish Shawnee very prestigious award it's coming out in the post Uh Overall player of the year. Who's been the man for twenty seventeen? In Irish rugby or in world rugby? Oh, all rugby. Let's let's Jesus. we our Irish our Irish listeners are, you know, let's keep them in mind, but if there's, is there anyone really stands uh, out? For me you can't go past Bowden Bowden Barrett. Yeah. He is the man at the moment. So full stop. Well, I don't know, Jimmy no, likes no, to no. argue with me, so No no no, in this one spot on. Does everything yeah. does okay. everything well, doesn't he? Like everything he does. Kicks okay. well. So there's no Speed debate there. That's not great for a podcast. So what about the Irish uh, player there? Um, p- probably Conor Murray, who we were talking about earlier, just in terms of what he does and what he brings every week and not the influence he has. Yeah, another easy choice, is it? it yeah, it is, isn't it? Uh, <coughs> right, moving swiftly on. I can't even manufacture debate here. Jesus. <laughs> uh, the James Downey Award for uh, big hits. Big legal hits now. Legal. Clear, right? <laughs> Jim, Jimmy was up for most of the night on YouTube looking at lads breaking people. I, I was, yeah. Most of them <laughs> illegal. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we can't go straight from rugby is safer into biggest, you know... Illegal hit. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, but there's some very, very good legal hits out there um, when lads are getting a technique right. Um, the one that, for me, kind of stands out a little bit uh, no, uh, is uh, David... Ali Afuna, if I pronounce his name right, Tonga Wales on Corey Allen, uh, scrum in the middle. He breaks up on the right, and literally, he's the fo- like the fullback as well. Like uh, sends him into next week. It's a bit, <laughs> bit of whiplash for him, but in fairness to him, he gets up and he's all right. But yeah, I wish that the whiplash makes me feel. Yeah, bad. it yeah. makes me feel bad looking at the video. Yeah, I'm sure there's there's plenty of others there, but look, that just like for a fullback as well. You know, if it's you have your usual Island boys, and if they're going to be back rowers, yeah. you just don't run anywhere near them. But yeah, I'm I'm going for uh, Jake again. Hope and Princess, right? Uh, Vadabua, 
that was early in the Ireland Fiji game where he lines up Joey Carberry and it's a big he breaks his arm no no it's the, ear, the earlier oh, one. Oh, an earlier one yeah, yeah. where he, he dumps it he just drills straight through him and Carberry takes his while getting up and I think he said afterwards it was the hardest he's ever been hit mm. in his well still young career but um, yeah I'll never forget the time I uh, was playing against Cardiff away and you, do you remember a number eight called Xavier Rush mm. <coughs> Kiwi guy he used to love bullying me in games it was funny like every time he used to tackle me pretty much every time I got the ball I think he used to follow me around but he was like their main man like he was an incredible player and uh, I got a ball from I think it was Mads was playing 10 and I was turning in to catch the ball and trying to run an angle and he was coming from the outside so I didn't see him and he, uh, he absolutely melted me and uh, one of those ones where you're not tense for contact <laughs> and you're kind of barely able to breathe but you have to get up off the ground and pretend you're not hurt because he's kind of looking at you to see if you're hurt and another one was uh, Courtney Laws in the final against you again he caught me blind I thought I was through a gap that's I was surprising half that Courtney gap. isn't it yeah well he's so much I was going to say surprising Kev's seen these blind Kev's got tunnel vision like, <laughs> no peripheral vision <laughs> exactly <laughs> Got the uh, blinkers on, yeah. But like now, Courtney Laws is pretty incredible. At those tackles, he's built for them as well. His shoulders are so wide. Actually, two lads you mentioned there. Uh, he played uh, playing with Saints against Cardiff. Xavier Rush got sent off. Actually, I thought it was actually a legal hit on Courtney Laws. Actually, upended oh. him like an oh, unbelievable shot. Hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, red card. And I was like, it's pretty harsh. <laughs> pretty <laughs> harsh. Off, I was like, good shot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, be happy, I'd be happy with that. Right, and the final award. So, who, so who's won it? Are you, you going go to go with your one, is it? No, no, I don't, you feel pretty strong sure. about your No, it's all right, it's your yeah. show, it's your show. No, no. <laughs> it's your day. You're, you're wearing a Christmas jumper. You're winning the tiebreaker, right? With the, to- the tongue <coughs> gets it. Uh, and the last one, the Steve Walsh Award. This can be interpreted any way you want, but I'm putting in a candidate that came through from Twitter last night, um, and that's our friend, the Leicester prop, Mr. Mullipolis Hare. As the man said it's not deserving an award it's a deserving of its own movement it's incredible right so that's I'm throwing that in there and you can take that wherever you want (laughs) what is the Steve Walsh award general fabulousness okay right self perceived or otherwise okay Uh, it's hard to look past Milipola then Uh, what he just needs to do I've seen his beautiful locks he needs to learn how to put in a ponytail that would take him to the next level man bun yeah man bun (laughs) Is this uh, just on hairstyles? Like no, okay. anything you want. Do you not think Mads is pretty fabulous? Barnet. <laughs> Mads is always fabulous. It goes without saying. Like, and he has the he has the barnet as well, doesn't yeah, he? He certainly does. Yeah. Okay, so that's our Irish winner, is it? <laughs> know, yeah. You're going to pay for this, Kevin. <laughs> right. Uh, we leave it there. Congrats to all of our hard yards Ruby Awards winners. Um, your prizes might may or may not be actually real uh, up next Pat was on the road this week and he had a chat with Ulster's Ian Henderson Murder She Wrote is the perfect thing to watch during the day you can watch the start fall off for 40 minutes come back see the end perfect you know what I mean you've missed nothing really remember Rod Kev in the Kalina used to have to bring two TVs into the room one for you for Cheltenham <laughs> like every red blooded male in the country he'd be watching the horse racing whereas I'd have a TV for myself for things like Murder She Wrote and Houses Under the Hammer Murder She Wrote is the perfect thing to watch during the day Welcome back to the Hard Yards. We have a great interview now with a man who's affectionately known as the Lama in some circles, and we cannot imagine why. Uh, Pat McCarry went along to Kingspan's Ulster Rugby event in Dublin this week to catch up with Ulster's Ian Henderson. They talked about Ulster, Ireland, Peter O'Mahony, but first, Christmas shopping. Ian Henderson, good to see you. Um, we're, yeah, we're just having a little bit about uh, chat about Christmas shopping there. It's a struggle for you. You've pretty much done at this stage. Um, I started yesterday. Uh, Yesterday being the nineteenth, but um, it's uh, it's more or less polished up now. A few bits and pieces to collect today, but it's not good for the shopping when we're away. We're heading down to Galway and Friday morning, and, and Saturday's obviously ruled out for shopping as well. So um, probably should have been slightly more organised than this. 
You, you're, you're just up at Carton House, I suppose, for the Irish camp. Anything, anything, maybe picking up vouchers in there for massages or, or meals or anything like that? Uh, that would have been ideal if Carton House was outside Belfast, but given it's outside Dublin, it's a bit of a trek down. But um, it's actually not a bad idea. I might have to go and pick some up from around some hotels around Belfast or something like that. Could could be good. Could get me out of a, dig myself out of a few holes. Would you? Um, I suppose that this time of year, like, if you gave someone an Ulster rugby thing, but they know you're just being a lazy guy and you're kind of just getting away with it, or would some of the, the young nephews and, and nieces appreciate stuff like that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> You've never done it. I've never, I've never done it, but I'm starting to think now maybe I should have done it. Maybe it would have been easier just calling into the cookery shop at, at the stadium to to film a Santa bag there. But um, I don't know any any of people I buy Christmas presents for would want them to be honest. Um, you were, you were speaking about the Irish camp there. How how was it like? Because it's good actually. Sometimes they have it over the week between Christmas and New Year's, but good to get it in earlier in the month and good two days to kind of get everybody together and start already thinking ahead to the Six Nations as well. Yeah, it was good to get kind of everyone together and obviously off the back of back to back wins for all the provinces, everyone was in real good form. So um, good to get us all in together before we start trying to tear lumps out of each other over the next three weeks. So. I think that um, having the, a brief review of the Autumn Internationals and, and a look forward to the Six Nations, it was definitely key to get that in to make sure that we're preparing as much as we can because the next um, five weeks are going to be ma- uh, massively mm. tough and put an awful lot of stress on all the, the provincial squads given the Interpros followed by the two year, the final two European pool games. So um, no, it was good to get in and, and get things um, dealt with and, and it lets boys focus fully on, on their provincial games for the next uh, five weeks and the um, I, I suppose there was a lot of talk about even the fact that you're like line out calling now as well and even Joe I think touched on the fact that Kieran Treadwell did it off the bench against Fiji but how big of a thing was that for you like did you step forward and make the suggestion like you know ahead of that England game earlier in the year or was it something that you'd been planning to do for a while um, it was kind of something I hadn't done a huge amount of and then got the opportunity last year with uh, Ulster to, to call, and, and that was decent, and it went well. And then obviously in the Six Nations, it wasn't uh, my call to for me to call the lineouts, but um, it was kind of uh, um, put upon me, or I was I was asked if I would, do, would be able to or be happy doing it, mm. and obviously I was I was delighted. So it was. Um, uh, good to be able to call towards the end of Six Nations and then again there in the autumn against Argentina. And good, good to have, I suppose, even in that game, someone like Peter O'Mahony as well, who was just there in the line there and he did it again at the weekend again. Is it just, what, what is it that he brings that's so different? Is it just that he that has that own athletic power and jump and spring himself? Yeah, he's extreme. I'm obviously an extremely explosive player. Um, maybe not quite as heavy as some of the bigger players, bigger lads like Dev and stuff, so obviously he can get thrown up by by a few of the the stronger lads quite easily and and I think probably his reaction times his read times are kept at a complete minimal so he's obviously always bouncing um, and reading line out defences really well or on the other hand getting away from defences really well in attack and, and we kind of see like it's, it must be a strange one for you guys to all go into camp and some lads have signed contracts some lads haven't we saw Zebo sending out a message after that Ulster uh, Munster Leicester game uh, CJ and P with the crowns on them and the coins yeah. on them and stuff. There's a bit of slagging and stuff going on, but is it strange to go in? Some lads are sorted and some lads aren't. Is it strange for you? Are you getting much slagging as well? Um, okay, it's all there is a bit of banter goes on about it, but it's all in good humour. Um, because everyone has gone through it or will be going through it very soon. So I think definitely in Ireland camp about people getting sorted and and uh, obviously great to see a few of the boys there tagging Pete getting getting signed up so having a bit of crack, crack with them and there always used to be a, a slag at Ulster people used to say uh, I think it was Darren Cave mainly calling people apple crumble because they're crumbling under the pressure of, of not getting a contract so no there's obviously a bit of banter that goes around it but everyone I'd say is fully aware that it's just a bit of crack and you with yourself as well is it something that um, unless there's a tweet or an announcement that's gone out in the last hour that I've missed or something like that is it you haven't got it signed yet but is it something you're hopeful to get over the line in the next while yeah yeah like hopefully um, uh, I'll be uh, 
to be a, a decision made soon or um or something will some pen that will go to paper um all being well over over the next number number of weeks hopefully just kind of um it's been a bit of a backlog obviously there's been uh um busy signing up Pete and Tag and a lot of, a lot of boys at this stage so it's so the the lads writing the contracts are, are under a fair bit of pressure at this stage and they've got a fair bit of a fair bit on their plate so hopefully um um it'll be uh sorted soon enough or and definitely for someone like yourself who uh, got married and stuff and you got back from the Lions tour um you know just a new young family and stuff like that as well is it something that you know if it all got sorted do you want to stick around do you want to hang around and and kind of you know the next stage of your li- life is in Ulster as well is that the the, the plan anyway well, yeah, like obviously they're different people. Um, look at it differently. Obviously, Zeb's just got a young family as well, mm. and and he's off the off the Paris, so it's it's different for different people. Everyone's has different aspirations. They've had different dreams when they're younger. Um, obviously, places like Zeb's was in Munster for probably the guts of nearly ten years, eight eight or nine years anyway. So, like he had obviously. Um, played enough time there and he was wanted to move on and, and try somewhere else for a bit so I think everyone's different um, uh, Ulster's obviously been very good to me over the, over the last number of years and so the RFU so look at the minute um, obviously Ulster it's a place to be um, but like looking forward uh, I've got no immediate aspirations to probably move away but like um, Zeebs might have said that before before he moved too <laughs> Does um something we had Rory Best on the the hard yards here and a couple of months ago actually before the Guinness series and he was kind of talking about how he wants to leave a legacy and maybe and he spoke to you about maybe it's great to see you doing the captaincy because he sees you as being the guy to kind of take over that long term is, is that a bit of is that great to hear or is that a bit of pressure to kind of see that you're the you're the the great white hope here for yeah. for Ulster yeah no no it's definitely good to hear but but pressure is always good I think. Working under pressure is is definitely something that you need to be able to do. Obviously, come pressure time in big games, you've got to be able to perform. So, like I think, looking forward, it would be nice to be able to leave something and the amount of Rory's put into the club to to get him something slightly more out of it because the amount of effort and time and pressure he's been under over the number of years um, is huge. So, like I think the clubs, all clubs, are constantly reshaping and constantly having to deal with. Players leaving, players getting injured, players um, out of contract. So I think it's definitely a constant building process for for um, our team manager, Bryn, who sort of a lot of the contracts out. It's definitely a complete ongoing process for him. And we kind of spoke about the, the kind of like Rory and what, what he's kind of been good for and, and kind of the legacy he's left. There's a lad actually only got announced in the last hour or so is that Paul O'Connell is now going to get involved in Ireland under 20s as an assistant coach. So um, just for someone like Paul as well, like what, what has he given to your game? Or, you know, how good was he for giving you advice when you were starting off? Yeah, look, obviously I played with Paulie when I was um, a, fair bit, a fair bit younger, a good few years ago. Um, and I was class to be able to play with someone who obviously had watched from from such a young age and um, so learning an awful lot from him not only on the pitch but off the pitch too it's great to see that he's um back in the Irish setup and, and and being able to um help that way and hopefully through that he'll be able to uh, uh, progress further on up the coaching ranks and and hopefully never know one day he could end up um at a, at a big big forwards coach job or or or, mm. a, or a head coach job somewhere along the line so look he's definitely got a minimum and he's got the the work rate and the and definitely the rugby knowledge to to to, to make a good coach and there's ones um i think well his nickname was always psycho as well but i know a couple of yours ones are the man child is one and <laughs> the llama is one how, how did you get the second one i suppose the llama uh who who christened you that uh donago callahan um <laughs> In the the brief stint I played with Donaga, he was the one who coined the llama, and it stuck with quite, uh, quite a few people. Um, Chris Henry had stuck with it, and a and a few of the the Irish lads as well. They would. Um, there's no real. I don't think it was any real. A uh, huge amount behind the llama. I think it was more at the time, or still I look look a bit like a llama, maybe a bit clueless and a bit uninterested a lot of the time. Maybe a long neck on me, but. 
I'm not, I'm not really sure uh, there's a more to it than that. Because it, it's something like we had even spoken to Ronan O'Gara and you might have briefly crossed paths with him as well for, and, and, and he would have said that you're always this guy that like, the potential is there. You probably had a lot of people saying that to you or be wondering if you're serious enough, maybe just because you have a laid-back demeanour. Is that something you've sometimes had to kind of you know, cope with and kind of tell the lads, like, listen, I do care, but it's just, you know, I, I, I yeah. can switch off too? Yeah, well, I think I definitely try to... Um, always trying to perform to show that I'm not even though I may come across as laid back I'm, I'm driven towards what I what I the team goals are um, and it's it's not uh, necessarily my demeanour doesn't necessarily refre- reflect how I'm functioning let's say <laughs> but um, no like it's something and, and like everyone's got their opinions of everyone and everyone creates opinions of of who they have, so uh, like you can't really stop that, and I don't really let that bother me. With other people. The um, it's always been a thing for you of like it's the you know maybe just because you came in at such a young age, it's the potential. What what can Ian do if Ian does this? Um, you know you kind of came in and out of the squad, but last eighteen months I'd say you have kind of had that run in the Irish team as well. How good has that felt to kind of obviously you know like get this run of game and prove that you know just how good you can be? Um, no, it's been good. Like. Uh, touch wood it's kind of been a relatively injury free period for myself uh, especially after a run of dodgy enough injuries before that so it's been good to kind of get a get a few um, a few good runs of games and a few between uh, to the end of the Six Nations there and somewhere and through the autumns and hopefully into the Six Nations um, getting the games under my belt I just feel like I'm able to build my game and progress and not have any setbacks in terms of injury so I know it's been good and it's, it's been enjoyable over the last sort of 18 months getting the opportunities because of that so um, not only for Ireland but with Ulster as well The uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you about was the um, going back to that November series again um, it was basically just a, this amazing moment where like the, obviously these highlight real moments but the Etzebets carry that you did where you bowled him over because he had spoken nicely about you ahead of the game for the ma- in the match programme I remember but uh, you know did you, do, do you kind of know at the time that this is a big thing or is it just does it just does it feel good when you do it and did you even catch up with him after the game at all um, I kind of uh, kind of I think it kind of just passes you by a wee bit and then you kind of just move on to the next thing that's going to happen but I've said this before like if if he does everything else perfectly in the game and that's on the highlight reel, people assume that he's done something like he hasn't had that good a game or whatever. But like he's, a, I, I think Evans a top quality player, and I think that he's uh, always performing to the highest level. And obviously, he's a great leader for for South Africa too. So I think for a lot of people to to judge that one um, bit on the highlight reel, they kind of just a lot of people are saying, oh. This is what happened in the game, but like that's—I don't think that's a necessarily a fair reflection. But like I think when something like that happens in the game, you do kind of. Uh, usually for me, it's when someone says to you about it afterwards, and I go, "Oh yeah, flip, 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 forgot about that," or, or you see it in the the next the next training session or in a review session. Um, but no, it's it's always good to get bits and pieces like that of positive things in the game, I suppose. And, and that's it. We, we are down here, of course, for for Kingspan and Ulster. I thought it'd end up, but kind of saying great run for you guys at the moment and just uh, has it taken you guys by surprise you know sometimes there's a bit of flack going on you're picking up kind of ugly wins in the Pro 14 but to kind of build on that with the wins in Europe must be, must be great yeah I think I think it's frustrating for us when we, we're not getting um, consistency and I think the pressure really comes on after you do have a good game or a good couple of games and the pressure is to back that up so it was good there over the um the, the back-to-backs there that we were able to back up a win with another good win so like I think the pressure really comes on now coming into these interpros where we can um, where we can look to build more on on those two wins and so I think that's where it'll be really interesting and, and look we'll see what we're made of yeah perfect listen cheers, cheers. good luck with the rest of the season thank you cheers the hard yards passionate about sport you're listening to the hard yards on sports show in the absence of Pat McCarry this week James and Kev are going to stand in for the predictions competition looking ahead to the Interpros uh, we're going to forecast two weeks of Interpros and since it's two years Pat's getting double points if you win right <laughs> and if we agree yeah. if, if you agree yeah well, I'm, 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 I'm free to judge that uh, 
so we've got a it's it, this weekend coming out a bit strange so Ulster Connacht play the 23rd Munster Leinster play the 26th and then everyone plays on New Year's Day mm. there you go now that's your schedule so Connacht against Ulster Ulster are one point favourites at the sports grounds um, I will go first Do. and I will take the Connacht side of that I think Connacht will win why that, that's you just think Connacht will win no they're home it's Christmas at home referees would be sort of you know Christmas spirit sports grounds there's no there's no there's no analysis at all going into this Can I, uh, and did you who, who's one point favourites did you say Ulster Ulster, Ulster are. yeah so uh, Lele Fan is still here till January January yeah good talking point actually we'll come back to that um, uh, no okay what are you I, I'd nearly be inclined to go with Ulster yeah, well, we have to take Ulster now. Cause we don't uh, have to, we don't have to. We just need, you know. Um, you, you can play a real smart game here if you wanted to. It would be a horrible move, but if you just matched oh, like that. Reverse side, listen, he's in your head. There you go. Nah, we'll take Ulster. Yeah. I, I probably would be leaning towards Connacht as well, but let's take Ulster. Like, they have a good record against Connacht. Do, and yeah. John yeah. Cooney's absolutely flying at the moment. He is, isn't he? Let's it's go Ulster minus one then. Okay, Ulster minus one. Munster, Leinster on the twenty. Sixth in Thomond, uh, Munster are four point favourites at home. Right, um, I'll be going the home team again on this. Pity. Um, I'd love to know the the squad selections. Yeah, um, this is the this is the big variable. But don't forget, it this the the provinces take heat at this time of year every year because they could select anybody and the ground is full. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, you you do want to see you do. The best players, especially for these derbies. I, know. I like Leicester plus four. Yeah, yeah. He's not. You're not. He's not straight in behind you. That's there. all right. Yeah. Well, Kev has to go, doesn't he? For and Jimmy's wearing a red jumper, so you're you are split now. I am, yeah, man yeah. Played for both. Plus four. I just. I don't know. I just. I, make an educated guess but I can't on, in terms of the, if I could see those squads but I don't know I don't know I think it's going to be close yeah look I'll, I'll go with Kev on that one just about just about, and reluctantly so you're, you're letting him win are you? well it's look it's, it's a big day for him <laughs> uh, we'll go to the return legs now so New Year's Day we've gone through the Christmas period we've gone through New Year's Eve the return for Ulster versus Munster Right. So, and we have no odds for these. It's too far out. So, mm. all of these are evens. So, take this whatever you wait. So, it's just a straight up who's going to win. Um, I've done the first two. You, you can go first in this one now. Ulster versus Munster. I think Munster will win that. <laughs> he's he's not, it, yeah, daggers. No, no, no. Okay. You're not convinced, are you? Yeah, I don't know. Just, I don't think Munster lose both games, but. So you th- you think that Munster are losing one? Of I'm over analysing. I'm over analysing. Overthinking this. Yes, yeah, yeah? correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Kev, Munster. Yeah, come on. So we're going with Munster for that one. Mm. Uh, I'm happy to go with Ulster on that one. Yeah. Not hugely happy, but like happy enough. But uh, were you always going to go Ulster? Yeah, leaning that way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've uh, home the home games over Christmas. I generally would lean towards that way. Yeah. I just think we're coming you now as. As Kev mentioned, just it's more, it's more, points, it's it? more to do with the you, you could just see anyone selected, and that's why it's sort of leaning yeah, towards yeah. home. That's all. Uh, Leinster versus Connacht, so that's also in the first. Yeah, interested here. Um, Kev's thoughts on this, and actually because they've they've always slipped up in these games, the Connacht always get really up for them. But that's normally down the sports ground. So, do you reckon the home home advantage is going to swing that for Leinster? Yeah, I mean I Leinster's so, big yeah. challenge is between the 26th and the it's a tight turn 6th they've got three games yeah but they've uh, a big squad of that they've got a big squad but like they've got to they've got to rest some of their internationals yeah. give them a break well we we talked about it earlier on i mean the, the, those two extra games that's taking the lumps out of them yeah no i think uh, i think that's actually going to be a tight enough game cuz Leinster are going to have to be really smart hmm. they probably target more getting more of the high profile guys involved in the monster game you think yeah, and then you know, back the younger guys maybe to be Connacht, but I think it's gonna be closer, gonna be close enough game, and Leinster will win it. So right. Leinster win. You yeah. you're yeah. going with that? Yeah, yeah, kind of have to agree with you. Okay, we're both going for Leinster on that one. 
Um, Grant, one final uh, note on that. So just to go back, because we were keeping track on who's favourite in the in Europe. Um, weirdly, Connacht, even though <coughs> they won both ends of that uh, of their their doubleheader against Brave, they've moved out eight to one now. Joined six favourites. They've been overtaken by four teams, which is just weird. But that's the way mm. these things work. There were a lot of hockeyans in the Challenge Cup. Uh, Leinster have moved in again, thirteen to five favourites for Champions Cup. Favourites. Favourites, Clermont 7-2, Saracens 9-2, La Rochelle 6-1. Munster have been the big movers. They're in to 15-2, in from 14-1. So the win over over Leicester in the first first leg didn't impress the bookies. Mm. Winning twice, that's put them in prime position in their pool. That's the result. Home quarters for Munster and Leicester. Very nice. Absolutely. You're jinxing this now, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Up next, we have listener questions. The Hard Yards. Now when the cups are decided you have fine weather but that's probably a two month period you have to do the hard yards Hey, that's the name of the show Excuse the pun No, that's perfect We're going to use that now <laughs> I'm on a bonus for that definitely yeah. Get that in The hard yards The hard yards On Sports Joe Welcome back to our last listener questions of 2017 There will be a show next week but we will not have the listener segment You can read into that what you want Maybe pre-recording some stuff Uh James and Kev are still here to answer these questions. We put out a call on Twitter and these are the best ones we got in. So, first one is, uh, this is from Paul. Do you think Robbie Henshaw has plateaued as a player? I don't see what he offers in attack. Need more creativity from 12 for Leinster and Ireland. Gentlemen, that's a fairly strong statement. Yeah, I'm pretty intrigued by which games this guy's been watching um, because for me, he grows every time he plays. You disagree. Oh, wholeheartedly disagree. <laughs> he, uh, I think, I think uh, you speak to any coach, any person, any player who's played alongside Robbie, and they'll be like, he is unbelievable to play with. And you can just see him from watching him, the, the work he gets through, the big plays, gets you over the gain line. Like, he's everything you'd want in a 12. Okay, so to, so to explain to me, so he isn't a guy who's going to put big skip two passes in. Is it about his footwork going into the line? Is it about sure his mean, movement creating but, players? But like I think, but he can do that. Like he's yeah. he's played at 15, he's played at 13. Of course he can do that. There's He's just not used in that way. Like, no, that's my point. So yeah. when he's playing at 12, what should someone be looking out for? If if you were saying, here's just, how just to watch him play Robinette and then go, that's what we should be looking out for. He does it <laughs> he does every it. single game. If he, he gets if he, over the gay line, he absolutely smashes people in the tackle. He's he, one of these lads where <laughs> if you if you remove him, then you notice a whole like you yeah. know it's like yeah, oh yeah. What, what was going on there oh yeah oh he was doing there doing the job that he does like and. He's just it's seamless, like he what he brings to it defensively, his reads, mm. uh, the way he carries. Okay, he's used in a certain way, but he he has that ability to actually, if we're chasing the game, right, we can change up the way we play. We don't need to write, say, for example, use myself as an example. If I was playing, we're chasing the game, right, off you go, mate, you know, bring a playmaker on. Uh, completely fine. You don't need to with him, you can still go right. Just, right, just, just think maybe a perception might be there that, he, you know, some players are an, an all round player. They're just good at all parts of the game and sometimes they don't stand out in one that you can really hang your hat on and say, this guy does that. I know I know he does that because it's yeah. easy to see. Well, you, you know what you, I mean? You, you can. You can pick a number of games. So like yeah. Against the All Blacks in Chicago, he's one of Ireland's best players. Like, yeah. you know, like what else does he need to do to stand yeah. out? Like, does he need to score hat-tricks, I think? Like, or yeah. what does he need to you know, does he need to have a dance after he score? What does he need? You know? <laughs> but like, like, the other thing is he's playing alongside Ringrose. So like yeah. they're they're made for each other, two mm. of them, in terms and of midfield Great combination, you know? Yeah. And Ringrose would be the guy. The nature of his game is he's going to make breaks. He's yeah. going to look that little bit maybe okay the the room disagrees with the premise of the question <laughs> Henshaw is getting better and he's earned lucky to have him <coughs> absolutely absolutely right. next question sorry Paul but uh, this is from sorry where's the name Brian Hughes um, two questions we're going with one to keep everything fair do does the panel know what the plan is at 10 for Ulster given Leila Fano's departure so the he was signed on a short term deal as cover that expires in January it will not be renewed it's been very successful mm. for everybody oh yeah very good it's yeah. fitted in really well with John mm. Cooney as well mm. uh, so it's scratching our heads a bit here yeah I yeah. think they've from what I heard they tried to get him to stay longer um, was it was it him that refused no so he signed up apparently with Brum, is it Brumbies um, oh. and Super Rugby he's back for Super Rugby so it's n- he's not the only there's a couple of players in England who are 
have been signed on short term and they're right. going back now so it's their off season as such at the moment so yeah. um but I'm yeah I'm thinking yeah, you're, you're going to have to push Cooney maybe to 10 and the worry for yeah. them doing that though is he's he's really stepping up as their nine and mm, like, he is. like you know, for him personally as well, he's thinking, geez, nine's my position. I'm he's playing pulled in by Joe Schmidt as well, saying, yeah. listen, we need to mm. see you in camp. He played a little bit of 10 away to La Rochelle. Mm. He went into 10 for a while. And yeah, played for played for Connacht last year as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's so, like, the, the it's, you know, going back to that, that chat we had a few weeks ago about playing loads of different positions can mm. be a blessing and a bit of a curse as well. I think he needs to specialise in nine, and that's yeah. where he's playing his great rugby. So. But he's also, he's, sh- he's shouldered a lot. When you think the departure of Pienaar, John Cooney, who, you know, I'm going to use the term journeyman, and that's going to be unfair, right? But the fact is, he was not a star when he went to Connacht he got a place he played well showed his versatility showed his all round game as well with, with his kicking game and that's only come on and on and on and to take on the, both the position and kicking duties of Pienaar is a hell of a thing to do and to do really really well so when I say journeyman I mean that I'm trying to give perspective as to where this guy's come from yeah journeyman for me is someone who's you know as old as Jimmy about 38 <laughs> I mean travelling around the world and <laughs> still playing <laughs> but no, I, I think the, the journeyman's the wrong word I think he's played in a few different places he's got yeah. some different experiences he's behind Owen Redden and Isaac Boss and Leinster then he was behind Kieran Marmion and Connacht and now he's gone in uh, after the great saviour has left Ulster yeah. and like you said there's nothing harder than Phil boot those boots but mm. like it makes it even more impressive yeah. So so right now, are you are you there trying to you know open the checkbook? Yeah, ITM. Uh, we're talking someone from ITM. Um, yeah, there'll be, or they might get someone. Uh, maybe someone in Japan. Um, I'm trying to just thinking mm. off the top of my head here now. Yeah, maybe a Beric Barnes. I don't know what the contract situation. I know mm. he's in Japan. There's a couple of lads in Japan. And you and you're, you know you've got Cooney can move out to ten. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. Needed. Yeah, if yeah, but again, I wouldn't want to. I completely agree, Kev. You don't want to stifle that. But if he gets injured, then you can't afford that. Um, so I'd like to keep him nine. They're going to bring. They're going to have to get some. They're going to have to get someone in anyway. So. Yeah. And the Quaid Cooper rumor that was doing the rounds um, as of yesterday, it seems to have been fairly well scotched. I think Les Kiss was saying that it's not hmm. not a runner. Is that one of Pat's? <laughs> Pat is not in the studio to defend himself uh, no Kev was saying earlier there was a widely held rumour don't know what you're trying to say that's shocking well I w- look Pat's, Pat's going to come back in on New Year it's going to be going to be war war uh, war okay we'll leave it there for our questions for 2017 thank you gents uh, we had a competition on this on Twitter this week to win two tickets to Munster versus Leinster in Thomond on Stephen's Day and the winner is Debbie O'Callaghan so enjoy Christmas and enjoy the game that is it for this week and we'd like to wish you all a very happy Christmas even me without a Christmas jumper happy Christmas, yeah, happy happy Christmas. Christmas. cheers guys oh, uh, so thanks to James to Kev uh, thanks to Pat thanks to Alan Lachlan for producing and Paul Donegan was on sound we'll be back next week with a very special show with some new interviews and some of the best moments from the year gone by this has been The Hard Yards I'm Andy McGeady happy Christmas The Hard Yards brought to you by Sports Joe